Welcome to Beer Life. My name is not Jordan Foss. Hey, this is producer Kevin Wood. Uh, Jordan's actually away on vacation this week, and unfortunately, we forgot to record an intro before he left, so uh, we're going to take care of that right now. Uh, This week on Beer Life, we've got Chloe Smith from Townsite Brewing in Powell River. Uh, We're going to talk to Chloe about her start in Montreal, meeting her husband Cedric there, who's actually the brewmaster for Townsite. We'll talk to her about them moving to Powell River and what it's like to own and operate a brewery in that uh, small community. We'll also talk to Chloe about her work with the BC Craft Brewery. Guild, as well as the Canadian Guild, and the current challenges the industry is facing at this time. Here we go with another episode of Beer Life. Welcome to Beer Life. My name is Jordan Foss, and on the show today is Chloe Smith from Townsite Brewing Company in Powell River. Welcome, Chloe. Thanks, Jordan. So take me from when you first got into beer and how you got to Powell River. Uh, okay, how much time do we have? We have a lot of time. I, it's a podcast. You can take as okay. much time as you want. Good. Uh, I, I know you've heard me say this a lot, uh, but I am a dinosaur. In beer years, I think I've officially hit dinosaur status. Um, 2002, so 17 years ago, I got a job at my local homebrew store in Saskatoon. And that was my foot in the door to this industry. And I fell in love immediately, as we all do when we discover that this is actually out there. Um, and I decided that I was going to pursue this as a career, and so I looked around um, for some schooling options, and there were five in the world. <laughs> <laughs> this is how long ago that was. Um, and so I went, I studied um, with the American Brewers Guild, which was an online, still is an online uh, course. Okay. Yeah, it's a four-month online, and then you go and do a one-month apprenticeship program. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and so it's based out of the States, and at that point in time, they hadn't re- I don't think anybody had kind of realized what was going on, and so you could still go to the States and do your apprenticeship. I think now that with liability and whatnot, you have to stay within your own country. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went down to the States. I spent a month in uh, San Francisco working at a brewery there, and then I... Um, Sent out six resumes, got three job offers, Uh, moved to Montreal, yep. Started my career on the brew house floor of the McCausland Brewing Company in 2003. Um, I was there for almost four years, then I moved over to a chain, a brew pub chain in Montreal, that's where I met Cedric. Uh, Cedric and I spent uh, another four years working there together. We wrote a business plan, we decided to take it back to Saskatoon. Uh, we did that. We went there. We shopped it around. Didn't work. Uh, thank God. Can't <laughs> say that enough. And uh, we we met our business, who are now our business partners, on ProBrewer.com. They had a building and you met them on you open. met them on ProBrewer. Yep. Oh, so that's funny because like I remember back in the day when I mean I say back in the day, not 2003, but like when when we were starting to look at this in 2012, the only place that I could really find decent information on what to do was on ProBrewer. So, yeah. and I don't I know, know if people appreciate that. No, I know. I, I go on there every once in a while just to, I'm always just curious if there's any breweries for sale. Not that I'm looking to buy one, but I just, yeah, you know, you like to see. kind of put your, you know, have your finger on the pulse of how everybody's doing. And yeah. you're right. There's pro brewers almost, it's, it's not what it was even five years ago. No, I know. I know. It makes me nostalgic. I'm nostalgic for that stuff. You know, <laughs> when there was like one bar with six taps and only three of them were Molson. Yeah, I, right. You no, know, I miss the, that. The I, I mean, I don't because it was like hard to <laughs> get good beer anywhere. But you know, yeah, makes me nostalgic. So you and Cedric so, got the business plan, and then you you connect with somebody that you didn't know on program that we didn't know. Yeah. Okay. So they so they had this ad. They had a building and they had money, and they wanted, but they didn't know how to make beer. And we were like, we know how to make beer, but we don't have any money. And that was kind of our problem in Saskatoon is that the, the real estate market was, was just crazy. All yeah. the money from Alberta was flowing in, and um, it was like Vancouver is today. Like You had to sign with cash in hand on the dotted line, and we were just spinning our wheels, couldn't find a, a place to house ourselves. And the investors we had on the hook lost interest, and uh, I was like, you know what? Let's just see what else is, is happening in the world. Mm-hmm. And there was this ad in Powell River, and so I showed Cedric some pictures of Powell River uh, on the Internet, and he said yes. Send those people my resume. I want to go and work there. And so we got into partnership with Michelle and Steve and Karen at the time. Yeah. And 
And Cedric came out here. Um, just He was like, I just got to go see if these people are, are legit. Yeah. And so he came and spent a week out here, and he came back. He was like, yeah, the building is amazing. It's this old heritage post office built in 1939. The town is, you know, it's an old mill town. There's a lot of blue on top there. Yeah. So I don't know. It's risky, but we know what we're doing, and, uh, and the town is beautiful, and I think we should go there. Now, can you tell me um, a bit about Cedric? So I, you met Cedric. Cedric's, you know, um, you're, you're, you're partner and husband and and the head brewer at, at uh baby daddy we uh, yeah. refer to him oh ba- baby daddy yeah <laughs> that's the professional term. that's a professional yeah. term okay so uh you meet cedric in montreal and yeah. was he because um he's belgian right and yeah. um so was he over in montreal i guess starting his career in in brewing as well yeah so cedric uh has a engineering degree with um uh, focus on fermentation science from a university in Brussels. No wonder he sounds so smart whenever I talk to him. I know, <laughs> I know. He is. Well, he is. He's an engineer. Like, he's Mr. Crazy Guy. Um, so he graduated from university in 2004. And um, Europe is, of course, very high uh, unemployment. And so he got a job quite quickly with Les Trois Brasseurs. So it's the, a chain of brew pubs that their head office is in France. Yeah. Uh, and they had been expanding into Canada, uh, well, still are, uh, quite rapidly in around 2004, 2005. So he got a job in France. And about a month later, two months later, they said to him, um, do you want to move to Montreal and be the head of the Canadian expansion? And you have to tell us by Monday and you'll leave in two weeks. And he was like, yep. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) So he moved to Montreal and he was um, in charge of opening the new breweries and hiring the staff and for the for the brew house. Right. And then they had like a whole restaurant section to the business um, and running the lab and and doing all this stuff. So he was my boss. So um, he was your boss. He was my ah. boss. Yeah, yeah. So who, fun, fun story. Actually, when I met Cedric, I uh, showed up to a job interview. Yeah. Five minutes early, you know, as you do. Yeah, if you're and good, you do. I, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm standing around and I'm waiting for this Frederick. That's what I heard him say <laughs> on the phone. And he walked in. He walked through the doors, and my voice in my head said to me, "Oh, there he is. That's the one." Oh. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. So, so you, did you approach him for your first date or was it, uh, uh, no. Cause then immediately I was like, he's my boss yeah. he's younger than I am. And this is never going to work. You know, I just started doubting myself immediately. Yeah. It took about a month until we were, you know, joined at the hip and basically <laughs> spent every day together since. So you and Cedric moved to Powell river and you have kids already. Or you don't have kids yet. We, yeah, yeah. So I was, we had moved back to Saskatoon, and I got pregnant with our daughter, who yeah. is turning eight this month. Um, and so then we moved to Powell River when she was four months old. So oh, wow. she's eight, the brewery is seven, and our son is five. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's crazy to think. I, 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 I guess I don't actually like think of, of Townsite as being that, you know, being that old of a brewery. And, mm-hmm. and that's probably just because of where you're located. You're a little, you know, you're obviously you're in Powell River, which is, you know, can be is difficult to get to. Two, two ferries. Track. Yeah. It's two ferries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one extra ferry. Yeah. And two ferries. Worth it. Yeah. And, yeah <laughs> it is worth it. And I, I, I've only been there once. Um, shamefully, I've only been there once. And, and we obviously met up when I was there. And I, I'm due for another trip for sure. I, I, speaking of Powell River, like what are the, I guess, the pros of being in a small community like there and starting a, a business like this? Um, it was it was risky in 2012. We were in that first wave, right? There were yeah. eight of us that year. Yeah. Uh, Powell Street, Parallel 49, Bridge, us, and a few in the interior. Um, and it was, you know, there was a lot of blue on tap in this town. And people said, that's crazy. Don't do that. Why are you doing that? And we just knew, right? Like, I'd been in the industry already a while. I had studied in the States. And so I had seen the impact that craft breweries could have. And, and I was, you know, I was sure I knew this was going to work. Um, but coming to this town, it's, it is isolated. It is far removed from things. And it's almost like a a little social experiment here. I find that there are are a lot of challenges, um, logistically, that is always our biggest issue. Mm -hmm. Um, but people here actually, walk the walk of support local because they often don't have any other choice. Right. And yeah. it really has created this um, 
town of 20,000 people who actually have each other's back. It's, it's really interesting to me and amazing. If you, if you do what you do well, Powell River will support the shit out of it. Yeah, which is wonderful. I mean, I know, you know, where where New West is obviously not as small as Powell River and, and it's obviously surrounded by other big cities. But I always feel that, you know, we're one of the few fortunate towns that are also like that, right? Where, you know, if, totally. if there's not, I don't want to call it, you know, a desperation for something that's cool and, and unique and, and something to support because there's lots of great businesses here. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's pride of place. It right? is. It is. Yeah. They want to be proud of where they're from. And when people come here, they are so proud to bring them to the brewery and say, this was made here in my town. And you can come here and taste it and experience it and be part of it. And yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities. Uh, it sounds to me between New West and, and Powell River. Yeah. Well, one thing I noticed, like I've been up to Powell River a couple of times uh, for various reasons and um and, you know, when I was there, the biggest thing I noticed is that everyone that lives in Powell River, the f- almost the first thing they say to you after you're there is, so you're going to move to Powell River now, right? Like, <laughs> and it's funny because... Just it, assumed. Yeah. And then the same thing has, since I've started working in New West, the amount of times that that same thing has been said to me here. And it, yeah, so it, there's an interesting connection. And uh, as you guys were just talking there, I, I was thinking about, you know, like, the, the roots of Powell River being like this mill town. And if you think in a little bit of a way, the roots of New West were also based on sort of industry. And, oh, yeah. you know, and I wonder if it's just sort of like that, that blue collar attitude or, or something that just makes everybody in that community just sort of really rally Stand for that. Community. Yeah, there's something, something to it for sure. I think so. I think so. And this and even just like our real estate market is so incredible. I mean, we bought our house five years ago for $240,000. Holy it's, shit, that's crazy. You know, and, and so it's these, it's attracting the right kind of people, right? It's young families, it's people with a little bit of money, um, you know, so I don't know, it just, it has created this little microcosm of very interesting, unique people that um, just, are, are living their best life, honestly. Would you say, Chloe, the most people that move to Powell River, are they entrepreneurs? Are they working at the mill? Are, or is it a big mix? You know, like what is, what, what are the it's, opportunities there for, for people that, that live there, I guess? It's such a huge mix. It's such a huge mix. Um, so a lot of it now is um, people that are selling their homes in Vancouver and moving up here and working remotely. So yeah. they've got cash in their pocket. They're buying houses for cash. And then they've got, you know, all this spending money. Um, but it, it's a lot of people that just come here on holiday and go, oh, my God, look at this place. It's beautiful. It's affordable. They've got this great brewery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, there's good restaurants here. There's just a, a really good vibe. Um, and so people just kind of fall in love with it just from short visits. Right. Yeah. And so, so okay, so going back now, you and Cedric, you, you moved to Powell River. You've got this old... Um, it was an old post office building, right? Yeah. And, and being there, I mean, it's really cool. It's, it's, you know, it ticks all the boxes of being a, a cool looking spot for brie. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. How big of a pain in the ass was that to, to renovate? So much. Oh my God. So much. I don't know what was going on in 1939, but this place <laughs> is a brick shit house. Like yeah. you, there is no way you could break in here. It's crazy. <laughs> We've had to put, you know, random holes in walls um, and we'll just be drilling through seven inches of concrete and all of a sudden, boom, sheet of metal. Not rebar, (laughs) sheet of metal. Yeah, it's a total pain. And internet connection, I know I'm sitting in a cement box. Like, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, But totally worth it because we've been able to create this super cozy. You were here before our tasting room was was, renovated. Yeah. Yeah, um, It's just beautiful. It's all brick and concrete. And it's really, it's a fantastic building. Sounds like a good excuse to come out again. Yep. Oh, I got a good one for you. We're building a beer garden. Oh, summer, really? Summer 2020. Behind, up here. behind, behind. the... Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Was, the city, was the city on board with that, or did it take quite a bit of work to get no, them on board? Yeah. They're um, a little behind the times. Yeah. Um, it's changing, thankfully. Uh, the last couple of civic elections have been... Uh, municipal elections have been uh, favorable. Um, but there is an old guard attitude of 
the best competition is no competition. Yeah. And, and they don't they don't get it, right? Like they're like, you opened your business. Why would you want to change something about it? Right. Yeah. No shit. Right. So that's that's <laughs> yeah. been tough. But, you know, I'm learning. I'm learning so much about how to deal with government on all levels. And, um, you know, it's interesting, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's, I think it's, people don't understand the challenge that we we go through, you know, three levels of government for a lot of things and, yep. and they don't know who, I know um, we've got a, a brewery actually opening today in New Westminster, well, the day that we're recording this podcast anyways. Um, yeah, to, to them. Yeah, and, and I know talking to, uh, to the to the folks over at another, they're called another beer company and talking to the guys over there. Um, it's confusing still to this day yeah. on what needs to get done and what level of government needs to approve it. Yeah. And, and I know like I, I, I'm obviously, you know, and I think a lot of us in our industry are, are a little bit more relaxed with drinking, right? We're like, you know what, if it's enjoyed responsibly, um, like why, you know, why, why right? Know? Europe seems yeah. to be doing okay with it. Yeah. And, um, so Kevin and I, um, I mean, Kevin's been organizing it, but we, we took advantage of those six, uh, those six little, um, the special events that you get to do per year, extension, yep. the extension, the license extension. And, and on Sunday we had our first, um, uh, beer garden basically out, out back and fenced it off and it was awesome. And I'm standing there and my, my folks actually came down to check it out and I'm just like, why the hell? can't we just do this every weekend? All Why? we're doing is selling more, more beer. So the government's taking, you know, some of that. We're employing yeah. three more people to work. It was very responsibly hand. Like there's just, it's, it's all just adults. Taxes. Com- it it's is all taxes back into the pocket of our community. I know I don't get it either. You know, and it, it's, it's, and I, 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 you know, I, w- I want to get into the guild stuff in, in a, a little bit because I know you're heavily involved with the, the BC craft brewers guild and our new national guild. But I just, I know, and I, I know that it takes a long time for, for laws and rules to change. And, um, I know, I mean, we went through a two year process to go from 20 occupancy to 50 occupancy in our tasting yeah. room. And, and we have a pretty, what I like to think is a pretty progressive, um, mayor and council that are, are on board and city staff that are on board with what we're trying to do here. Um, yeah. but it just, you know, it, it's still, I know we're making strides, but it still seems like there's just so much red tape that could, that needs to be cut. Bureaucracy, right? Like, yeah. In order yeah. for us to succeed, right, and and or to continue to grow the businesses, mm-hmm. so and create jobs and yeah. put tax dollars back in the coffers. I know. Well, and it the, doesn't. The, it drives Cedric crazy because coming from Europe, he's yeah. like, "Where is like when there's a parade? Why? Where's the beer garden? Why can't I sit in the cafe and have a beer and watch the parade go by? Yeah. What will happen? <laughs> yeah, and and I think so. So, how long did this process take for um, you to get this approval from from council and and to do the beer garden out back uh oh i'm still in rezoning you're still in rezoning yeah 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 so it'll it'll be a little bit yeah does it still have to go to council for a vote uh no because we're doing picnic license okay nice yeah yeah so um i just need to get the property rezoned and then i can submit to licensing and then so i mean your guess is as good as mine but i'm i'm confident for summer 2020 with a picnic license does it take away from your occupancy inside your tasting room or does it is no. it just it's an addition to right it's an addition yeah. yeah 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 that's just for my own little tip i'm just writing it down so i can do yeah. some work after this mm-hmm. <laughs> um okay so you've got uh the brewery is open in, in powell river you open the doors um was it what did you expect did it hit your expectations so it's April 2012. Uh, I'm on maternity leave. Um, I'm here with a, she's nine months old at this point. We opened the doors and we immediately placed an order for two more tanks. And I immediately got her on the list for a daycare. <laughs> it exploded in our faces. Um, and that was the really difficult thing for the first five or six years of this business is yeah. that it just, it grew so quickly that we were just chasing it the whole time. Yeah. Um, and people always say, well, a nice problem to have. And yes, it is, but it is still a problem. And, you know, yeah. managing that growth um, was really difficult. And especially from this place where we're, you know, one step removed. So we run out of something. It's three days until we get a replacement, yeah. right? So just managing yeah. inventory was a huge part of everything. Um, and, uh yeah, I mean, it's just been an incredible ride. So did and, and people just kind of, I guess I'm assuming that Powell River was just so, was was really waiting for this and, and probably just started to flock to the taste room. Did you do most of your, your volume through the front door for the first bit or did you, do you start with wholesale right away? 
you know, we started with wholesale right away. So the, the, the business plan was 80% Vancouver, 20% Powell River and the Sunshine Coast. Right. And it very quickly became 80% Powell River, 20% whatever we could scrummage together to offer to other people. How awesome is um, that, hey? Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, but when we opened, because this is such a long time ago, um, they didn't have tasting rooms. We couldn't right, do, right. Of course. you, you yeah. could only do the 12-ounce samples. Yeah. Um, and so we didn't really have much. We had a growler filling station, but we just had a teeny tiny little tasting room. Um, and then when they introduced that in 2013, we started working on it. It took us two years to get it open. Um, and then, yeah, and now we do 50% in our tasting room. Yeah. Okay. And then the rest is, would you say that the, another, you know, another 25 to 30% is Powell River and then the rest goes to Vancouver and the coast or is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Everything, 80% of it stays between Powell River and Langdale and, uh, and then 20% is Vancouver and the island. Yeah. Do you deliver yourself then? You got, you're like, do you guys self-distribute? No. no you uh, on the coast we do. We oh, yeah. do uh, the lower coast on Thursdays, but we do direct tap everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. used to self-deliver. That was crazy. I think I remember that. <laughs> yeah. I remember that too. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It was great. Sometimes he would do a turnaround. Yeah. He would drive down for five hours, deliver beer in downtown Vancouver and drive back up for five. Wow. It was crazy. Yeah. Don't. Don't air that. Who, who was who was that that <laughs> did that again? I remember. Really? I remember yeah, I remember because yeah. he'd bring stuff down for like the, the sandwich beer throwdowns too, and I remember. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, yeah. I'd remember he'd be like, "Yeah, no, I'm heading back to Powell River now." And I'd be like, "What? You're crazy? What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on a plane? No, in my van." <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I heard him say he slept in his van on occasion. Maybe that Probably. was private yeah. information. I don't know. Sorry. Probably, yeah. Yeah, it was intense. It was really intense. I mean, it, we, we were ready for the business to be successful, but we weren't ready for that level. And I think what happened in Powell River, too, is that the mill had been slowly dying since the mid-'80s, and people just had this kind of defeated, sad, scared attitude. And we came to town, and they were like, oh, hold up. Small business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. about Almost that. Almost like a little... A little- bright spot of hope or something for totally yeah. totally and the businesses that have opened since we got here are incredible um so yeah we definitely injected life into this town yeah for sure. and how would you say that um how you operate and has changed i mean outside of you know the, the where the beer goes but you know what are the you know the challenges that you have now that you didn't have you know five years ago um, and, you know, I think it's still the same, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Logistics is still the biggest issue. Um, it's We're really trying to create an experience here in our tasting room. And so that, you know, we work really hard um, around that. Uh, but that's all kind of hospitality industry stuff anyways. Yeah. It still really is the getting the beer to the people that is the hardest part, which is why we've really put all of our effort into creating this brewery as a destination as a tourist attraction as a you know you should come here because it's amazing yeah and also easier for me <laughs> <laughs> and makes more money and yeah, uh, it makes it, me happier the bc ale trail say has like done a phenomenal job with with yeah. powell river anyways making yeah. it you know look like and that in the coast and and getting yeah. people over there and i it's funny like i've noticed um just in the last couple of years just talking to my own friends how the Sunshine Coast was never really on people's radar. I know, which is so weird to me. Yeah, and now everybody's going over there, right? Yeah, and and yeah. Um, you know, it's impossible to find an Airbnb uh, in the summer. It's yeah. you know, it's it's a destination spot. And I know. there was something about that ferry that just people just wouldn't. We're not considering it, and I mean, the reason that the Ale Trail has you know, been able to advertise this so successfully is because it is so beautiful here. Yeah. You And you can do anything. What do you want to do? You want to paddleboard on the ocean? You want to hike up a mountain? You want to ski, swim in a lake, ski on a mountain? What, you know, you can bike here all year. It's insane. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's an easy sell because this is an incredible part of the world. Yeah, it definitely is. And now I'm really upset with myself that I haven't been up there recently. <laughs> I, I remember, like, I think the first time I went up there, same thing. It was definitely not on my radar. Uh, I can thank you guys for putting it on my radar because I think yeah. the reason I was coming up there was for an event. That event? event? That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I just remember being on that second ferry and just literally, like, saying to my to my now wife, like, I just was like, 
is this place for real? Like <laughs> it really was because it it's yeah, like it, it it's just this this expansive, beautiful scenery that I mean, it's not that it's not unlike a lot of the scenery we get to see in BC, but I just I just didn't realize it was there on the way up to Powell River and and yeah it's it's beautiful so yeah and it's so accessible here it's yeah. everything is so accessible that's that's the amazing part of it yeah, yeah. So I want to switch gears now because you've been in the industry for, for longer than a lot of us, uh, most of us actually in BC. And so now, you know, it's something that I always think about, you know, what once maybe one day I eventually get this place operating properly and, and I can focus my attention somewhere else. That's not a thing. <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah. Um, you know, you always think about, okay, well, and you see it at the, in the Brewers Association in the U.S., a lot of the, the you know, the the uh, the people that have been in the industry for a while are now you know becoming more of advocates for the industry as a whole and and working yeah. for the for the guild and so you are on the um the I know that you were voted in last year it was last year right at the BC Craft Brewers Guild AGM yeah yeah, yeah in October yeah. yeah and so tell me a little bit about your first I mean I guess it's only been seven or eight months um being yeah. on the on the BC Craft Brewers Guild um, I love it. I love it so much. Uh, I have to say running a small business is not my passion. It's not what makes me, you know, passionate. Um, it's this industry as a whole. I have loved it from the first moment I found out about it. And I think that it has exponential potential to, you know, be a driver for change in, in our society. Um, and so I've always known that I would get involved um, in a sort of governance level, uh, but for me it wasn't getting the business to a place where it could run itself, because that apparently is never going to happen. <laughs> it was getting my son out of diapers. Right, yeah. He was like adamant he would not do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when when I finally got the kids to a place where like they were both in school and they were kind of more um, settled, I you know, found time to commit to this. So I've been um, absolutely, totally enthralled with it. I've taken the position of uh, member support and education uh, because I just spend a lot of time reading about our industry, you know, reading about different things. Um, like when the when the federal government comes out with a budget, I'll get like stuck on that. Like I'll be heading into a meeting and it'll pop up in my email. I'll be like, ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be 10 minutes late, guys. I got to read the federal budget because there's something in there that's going to pertain to our industry and I got to know about this. Um, so I've been, wor- I've been liaising with WorkSafe. Yeah. Uh, which has been, it's been good, you know. We have to... Um, we have to be compliant with them. You know, it's not, it's not just the governments that are regulating us. It's all these other business associations as well, right? Yeah. Um, so I liaise with them, and I've been keeping my eye on the, um, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency just came out with that. Um, oh, the label guideline change. Right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the beer standard. Right. So they de- the defined beer for the first time in 30 years because the definition of beer was uh, lager, ale, and stout. Yeah, yeah, right. Previously. Yeah. I'm like, what am I going to, even when I make, when we make a stout here, I'm like, I'm just going to put beer on the can, not stout. People know that. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 So, um, so I'm keeping my eye on that because there's some different labeling, sta- um, yeah, standards that are coming out for that. Um, and then I'm also, uh, working with the, with the National Guild. Right. So, okay. So you're, that was just formed when you and I were in Toronto together for the Canadian Brewing Awards and, uh, they announced at that, um, uh, at the, the awards and conference that there was going to be a National Guild formed and, uh, and the, the National Guild is actually, there's, there are provincial and, and territory guilds in, in, in every Spot. In every yeah, province which is crazy. and territory, yeah. all ten, yeah, yeah, which Isn't is amazing. amazing. It yeah. really is. And and so, what what do you think the goals are for the National Guild? Uh, well, I can tell you because I'm sitting on the board. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, first of all, first and foremost, uh, we're rolling out the independent seal, um, which I think I is huge. It's huge. Yeah. I had so much anxiety when I was hanging out in uh, Ontario for the conference in May. Yeah. About they they have ninety shadow brands. Ninety. That's crazy. So you go into a store, you have no idea. Can I support? The, is this a shadow brand I can support? Right? Because yeah. there are some that I know that they're just trying to get going and they're 
planning on creating jobs and opening their own businesses and, and whatever, or is this just, you know, a couple of people sitting in an office running a marketing company who, yeah. you know, those aren't my ideals. And so I'm going to be really careful about where I spend my money. Um, and so we need this. We absolutely need um, a, a symbol that you can put, that when you see that on a can or a bottle or, or a tasting room window, you know that that's a small, independent business that's putting money back into its community. Yeah, yeah. So that's I, first and foremost. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, that to me, I was always kind of jealous when you see the, the BA in the in US America, and they had yeah. their, their symbol. And, you know, I even... Um, my uh, our, our um, one of the guys that works with me here, Daniel and I were at the BCL um, yesterday or a couple of days ago, I guess now trying to figure out what shelf a shelf talker because <laughs> I got this limited uh, this one time buy listing and they're like, oh, yeah, you need to include a shelf talker with it. I'm like, oh, well, what should this thing look like? So I go to the BCL to look at shelf talkers. And while we're there, there <laughs> there's a bunch of beer on the shelf. And I'm like, oh, I've never heard of this craft beer before. And like you pick it up and you're like, wait a second, this isn't, yeah. I know where this address seconds. is. You have 30 seconds to tell me where this was brewed. And if you can't, yeah. it was Molson. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's the, it's becoming confusing that. just based yeah. on the label design of what's, yeah. what's, you know, what's craft and what's not. And yeah. I, it's funny. I was talking to, to Brent Mills from Four Winds on the weekend. We were at an event together about the word craft. And he actually doesn't like the word craft at all. He's like, we're just making beer. It's just like we're making beer better than than the bigger guys do. It's still just beer. And and I started to think about it as that, you know, we're it's it's independent, I guess, is the best way to, to explain it. In, yeah. Independent is definitely the new word that kind of explains more what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. We are. We're small, but small to medium sized businesses. We're using traditional techniques. And we're independently owned. That is that is what craft beer is. Yeah. And when can we expect the um, the, the independent seal, um, the Canadian seal, to start to roll out? Um, so like when can August, people see it on the shelf? August 1st is the goal right okay. now yep. to start licensing it out to breweries. Uh, but you can see it on the website. Um, if you Google Canadian Craft Brewers Association, yep. um, you can you can see the seal, which I think turned out amazing. I think it looks good too. Yeah, like I was worried about it. Way better than the American one. I <laughs> yeah. was so worried about it. I can't. I cannot believe that they were able to take all of our thoughts and all. You know, people in this industry are very unique. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> and they <laughs> they were able to nail all that, all those opinions, and all that uniqueness down to this incredible. I think it just turned out really good, yeah. and it will it will be impactful. Absolutely. I, I agree. And so, so what yeah. are the other um, the other things on the document? So that's the priority goals? number one. So then number two is creating a database um, of statistics and information about Canadian craft breweries. Yeah. So there'll, there'll be two kind of facets of that. There'll be one for us to be able to go in and say, oh, look, I'm paying this person X amount of money and that's, you know, average for their um, job position, position yeah. or, or what have you. Um, and But then it will also be, we'll be able to use it uh, for, you know, when we go to government relations kinds of meetings to be able to say, look, we've created this many jobs and this many brands and this much money and, and whatnot. So, yeah, because I think it's, I know whenever I go down to the um, the Craft Brewers Conference in the U.S., um, I always oh, go to their, incredible. it's uh, the amount of information that they have. It's so easy for them to lobby for things because they're like, yeah, look, exactly. this is, the, we have the data. It's and concrete. Yeah, yeah, which is, you know, which is also, go, I guess, speaks to the growth and how fast our industry in Canada has grown over the last 10 years um, because I look at <laughs> my own business and how fast it's growing. And just yeah. now I'm starting to put in the tools to be like, we need to measure data. Whereas exactly. before we're like, fuck, we need to make more beer. Let's just go quick. Exactly. And, and who cares? You just do it. And, yeah. you know, um, package down, that. Yeah, go. yeah. Put that there. You deliver. And, uh, and now it's, it's, the um, yeah, exactly. And, uh, so, you know, it's, it, which I laughed too, because yesterday I was out there putting stickers on boxes. So yeah, I guess it yeah. never entirely changes. Not I that I normally do that, but you said, Mary, you said, this is craft beer, right? Yeah. This is craft beer. This is independent <laughs> beer right here. Putting yeah. stickers the on best, boxes. Yeah. The best phrase I've ever heard uh, to describe our industry is controlled chaos. Yeah. That is exactly how I feel. I walk in this building and I'm like, there is a fire 
bubbling underneath the yeah. floor. And all of a sudden, the fire will bubble up. Yeah. And then I got to run over and put my foot on it. And then another fire pops up out of somewhere. And the phone rings. And I'm like, I'm standing on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think people don't realize, like, you know, when they think about craft beer and independent beer, you know, yes, there's this creative aspect to it. And that is the most important part and the, and the, the most fun. Um, but then, but we also run, we're running manufacturing facilities, yeah. which none of us have experienced running before. Yeah. A- and so it's, it is organized chaos. So I always get emails from, um, from, uh, we have a, a college here in Westminster called Douglas college. And, uh, and so we'll get emails from the students. I guess we're kind of the the manufacturer of choice. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, they want to do a study Yeah, they're like, can we you? come over and see how you do your supply chain management and how you? You're I'm like, like, no, you do not want to come here and see. <laughs> I, Bring a hard hat. Yeah, yeah, half the terms they send me, I don't even know what they mean. Or next time, I, say oh. they can come and then they can implement. Maybe they'd be like, how about you guys come and have a look and just you know? <laughs> yeah, fix what we're doing. Tell me what you think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, no, it's uh, which is good. Organized chaos. That's great. I, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, so it will be nice to have, I mean, it'll be really nice just to have that data so that we can make sure that, I mean, I think, you know, locally here, we're always wondering, hey, are we, you know, are we in line with where we should be? You know, not only from a, you know, a a production or a business point of view, but from a a wage rate point of view from, you know, and and so that we know where to make adjustments. And uh, shit, I would even like to know, like the one thing in the US that's great is, is, you know, they've got they've got trends like what's going to be the next thing right what's coming down the pike i mean they've got an economist on staff like yeah. they are the gold standard right yeah they they're so organized they're doing such great things they're lobbying they're you know and they are giving their members such great benefits yeah. uh, so that's definitely definitely the goal that you know we would like to be there one day so that yeah. and that's the third thing that the the guild will focus on um in the first couple of years is cool. lobbying government so taxation interprovincial trade import export you know yeah. the labeling standards and even just um something that i think is so important is standardization of like provincial government definitions and regulations they don't it's like the left hand doesn't talk to the right hand a lot of times and it's so frustrating to run a business under this these regulatory bodies that don't talk to each other it's so difficult yeah well i mean especially too if you think about you know if you're a larger brewery and you're doing cross province um you know distribution as well just you know you, you basically have to have a different department that knows how to deal with that that provincial government and yep. um you know even just yeah. being in and i hadn't been in into uh toronto uh since i was probably 12 years old until the the um the conference and uh so i'd never been into an lcbo store before <laughs> and what a beast of a store that is right and then talking to some of the ontario brewers on how it all works and and i'm like and there's some similarities to how how you know our um you know our government run stores you know operate and and theirs do but it was just you know you talk to them and then you talk to the alberta guys and they're like oh it's just a free-for-all you send it to connect and (laughs) just send all the beer there and anybody can get it and they send you an order yeah yeah (laughs) yeah, it's already paid for you're just going right and uh so it's you know it's 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 definitely you know there's no standard which i guess makes the industry a bit unique and and makes probably other provinces more um you know, uh, more lucrative and, and probably on the radar for larger BC breweries to, you know, to go into next. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, there is no standardization for, for almost everything it seems across the country, which is confusing. And well, I remember when we opened our businesses and we had to do the batch, the dreaded batch, uh, and they made us charge $30 um, keg deposit oh, to yeah. every customer, yeah. including our tasting room. Yeah. And, and then they made us give them those $30. And then two and a half weeks later, they, they it gave back. it back to yeah. us. Meanwhile, you've already given the customer back the keg deposit twice. Yeah. Um, that for me was the, the indication that, you know, we needed to get organized at the government level because that was such bullshit. Yeah. It was so difficult and expensive to run a small business, you're giving them, like, you know, we were probably giving them $4,000 in cake deposits yeah. every week, and we're tiny. Not to mention all of the money that you make, too. Remember, like, they, in the early days, you oh had God. to give them all the money that you made, oh my God. and then they'd give you back your cut. Your so, cut, which yeah. is, like, most of it. Yeah, but you had to give it, <laughs> I remember telling my bank 
um, I'm like, yeah, so, you know, from a cash flow perspective, I'm going to need some more money because this is how it operates. And they were like, what, what? That doesn't make any sense. I'm like, no, yeah, hey, you're preaching to the choir. And I, I mean, know. thankfully, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, they've changed it, right? They obviously, you know, they've, they've been listening and which is, which is great that there's at least now a guild that, you know, there's communication, right? So that, totally. um, you know, I feel like our, I feel like our, you know, um, our issues are being heard. At least they're being heard, right? At and, least they're being heard. Yeah. At least we're getting meetings with these people. Honestly, the, the BC Brewers Guild has been huge for our industry. There are definitely, you know, areas that for improvement, for sure. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, I, I remember where we came from. And, it, you know, like liquor laws didn't change for 100 years. Prohibition ended and they were like, here are the liquor laws. And that is how they will remain. Yeah. Until, I don't know, three years ago, like we need a, a body that can go to these meetings and say, oh, no, that's not actually going to work for us. Yeah. You no, know, you didn't consider X, Y, Z of actually physically running these breweries every day. Yep. So what, what would you say is the biggest, in your opinion, is the biggest challenge facing our industry as a whole right now? Or one of the biggest um, challenges? Yeah, I think there's lots still. I think the the kind of disconnect between uh, regulation and small business is a, a big challenge. Um, I think the growth of the industry is still a big challenge um, in on lots of levels, right? Like I think that people uh, are starting to feel the squeeze. Um, you talk about pay to play; it's it's rearing its ugly head at a very fast pace right now yeah. because people are kind of freaking out, right? Um, which is very unfortunate. Yeah, because um, I mean, you know, there it's it's it is too bad because like I, f- I feel like, you know, we're on such a good run um, yeah. of all these new breweries opening up and we're like, no, we're changing. This is not how we're doing things. This is a big yeah. brewery thing and we're not doing it. And yeah. then it was good for everybody. And then yeah. but you're right, as as the market gets a little bit more crowded and people have bills to pay. Um, yeah. You're right. People start to panic. And that's the kind of the first thing that happens. Yeah. And, it's so unfortunate. And I know you've always been very vocal about it. Yeah. Which I've always appreciated. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, it, it doesn't make any sense. So we, we do open book management in yeah. our business, and we sit down with, with everybody um, once a week and talk about, you know, how much money we made and how much money we spent. Um, and then we talk about, we call it the in it to win it number because we don't do it, but we talk about the number it would have cost us if we were paying to play. And when you actually look at that number, you see that it is equivalent to your profit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're not going to make any money if you pay to play. You're not going to. No. And I I look at, you know, I look at uh, some of talking to some of the bigger breweries and, you know, they're like, well, draft's just promotion, right? You know, promotion to make a package product where you really make your money. I'm like, you can make money off draft. We make money off draft. (laughs) You're not making money off the package. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> like we, you know, I, that doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense to me. No. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, which is, and it's also too, it's just such a, um, you know, a quick hole to go down, right? You, you do that with one and then all of a sudden it's, it's, you know, it's nonstop, right? And then, you know, you're right. You're, you're eliminating all your profits. Well, it's also, it's like very short sighted. You know, I mean, it's, so short. it's the short game. It's not yeah. the end game. Yeah. We, we, and so here's my other thing. It's such a waste of money. It's it's dollars being because a lot of it is like giving the manager cash. But that guy's or girl is not going to help sell your beer. No. So I, I did like a really quick um, calculation recently. Yeah. It, if, if everybody in BC is doing one in 10, which they are not, that is no longer the, the deal. But if everybody was doing one in 10, it's $30 million a year. Fuck. And if you extrapolate that across the country, it's $150 million. How's this for a headline? Canadian craft beer saves women's hockey league. Yeah. How about we take that money and we do something incredible with it? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's you're, you're I never even, I mean, I never even did the math on it. And, um, it's shocking, isn't it? It yeah, is. It is. It, it is shocking. And, and I'm fairly confident it's illegal. It's completely illegal. <laughs> <laughs> but never mind that it's completely illegal. Why are you throwing your money down the drain? Yeah. You you're... could be making a significant impact in your community, in your country. You know, we could be growing this business at 
an incredible rate by supporting people with our cash dollars, but instead we're just pissing it down the drain. Makes me absolutely furious. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, we, I always tell my guys, um, our two sales, um, reps, like you're never going to build a long-term relationship based on you giving somebody just some money because if somebody else comes along and it's like, I'm going to give you a little bit more then you're gone. Right. They're just, you're just going to get outspended. But if they like you, and they love dealing with you and you give them good customer service. I'll always pay more for good customer service. And most people will. And, and, um, I remember in the, in the early days of, uh, of opening steel and Oak in New Westminster and, and, uh, you know, they're definitely some of the, you know, the pubs that are here have been here for a long time and you know what? And they're all incredibly supportive of us, which has been wonderful. But I remember there's always, you know, there's a couple that are like, well, you know, your kegs cost a little bit more or, you know, because you're not giving us a deal, and, and I said to, you know, I'd say to them, I'd, I'd tell my guys, and in the early days when I was selling the beer myself, charge an extra 25 cents for it, each glass. Make yeah. it a little bit more expensive than everything else. You're and gonna you're going to make more money doing yeah. that than I would be able to give you or anybody else has given you. And if nobody spends that extra 25 cents, then just give me the cake back. That's fine. We'll move along. And never once have I ever had anybody come back and say, oh, it's not working. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to raise the bar of your clientele. If you're, if you're, you know, catering to the lowest common denominator, then that's what you're going to get. Yeah. But craft beer people don't get into bar fights and don't really care how much it costs. No. You're just going to create a better ambiance in your facility and you're going to make more money while you do it. So, to, you know, talking about the challenges that, that the industry faces, what do you think the greatest opportunities are for, for our industry in, in British Columbia anyways? Um, well, first of all, we're so lucky here in British Columbia. We have uh, pushing 30% of the, the beer market is craft beer. That's incredible. That's, that is amazing, you know, yeah. Not, that's very um, unique. And so I think that we have uh, a unique position here to use our voices, um, you know, and in the way, in whatever way that we want. And I, I believe so much in this industry. I think that we have the potential to be um, a driver in what is sort of what I would refer to as the new economy. You know, I think yeah. that um, consumerism is being replaced with the word community. I really do. Um, I think it's going to take a long time, but I think that's kind of what we're seeing. And nowhere is that more apparent than in tasting rooms, right? Yeah. It's all, it's not about coming in here and getting loaded and, you know, buck a beer or whatever. <laughs> you come in here to experience your neighborhood. You come in here to experience the product that we're making. Um, you know, it's just, it's a new way of doing business. And I think that as an industry, we can use that to really push some uh, more interesting I don't know, social policies through or something by Mm -hmm. being very inclusive of the queer community, Uh, you know, women. I'm also very vocal about sexism in our industry. I think the big guys have done such a disservice to women. Um, and And I think that that's an opportunity for us to come in and say, hey, you know what? We recognize that you have been the butt of the advertising joke and we don't think it's cool either and we're going to do something about it. Yeah. I may or may not have something planned for uh, inter- International Women's Day this year. So. You may or may not. So you Stay may. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the first, um, speaking of women in, in, in our industry, um, I was speaking with Ben Coley on, on the first episode of, of uh, Beer Life Podcast and he ended... You know, I think I asked him the same question, like, what are the biggest challenges? And, and, you know, he was mentioning about the fact that still lack of women in our industry. And and then I got thinking, I'm like, shit, the first four people I'm talking to are like 30 to 40 year old white dudes with beards. Yeah. And, and I'm like, this is a problem. Right. And, um, you know, and. And I still notice it when I go down to the craft brewers conference in the U.S. You'd think that it would be a little bit more progressive because they've just been around for longer, right? That more people get into the industry. What I guess, I mean, what do you think the reason for that is and how do we encourage women to get into um, working in in craft beer? So I, I, I think, honestly, this is a fundamental problem in beer that came about uh, by the advertising of the big guys. Yeah. Like, if she doesn't have X on the table when you get home, give her a spank. That's the yeah. kind of stuff 
that our my grandmother and my mother saw when they were growing up. And I don't know if you saw that um, thing on, on Facebook this last weekend. I sure did. We were yeah, talking uh, about it on uh, uh, on Sunday, yeah. A BC brewery posted two women in songs um, drinking their beer saying, we're ready for the weekend. How yeah. about you? And yeah. it, it is still happening today that women are being used to advertise beer to men. So it's not that women are offended that beer was not sold to them. It's that they were used as the butt of the joke in the advertising to men. It was just so, so it was so I like, I, I don't even, it, I was shocked. I almost, yeah. so I was at an event, um, at the alibi alibi room and I uh, was there with some other, um, you know, craft brewery folk. And, uh, we just couldn't believe how out of touch yeah. it was almost to the point where somebody actually made the, the inquiry. Do you think that somebody was just going to quit their job and thought, let's do this before right. we go? Like it was right. that, that out of touch. Yeah, it was totally. that out of touch, right? Somebody <laughs> should, somebody, if they're not somebody, if somebody didn't get fired, then, you know, somebody should be getting fired over that, right? That, yeah. It's just ridiculous. So, Absolutely. So, yeah, and it's it, so you, sorry to, I know I, I kind of cut you off there. Uh -huh. We were talking about it that, you know, you think that it's just more of a longer, just this long issue of um, using women to advertise for beer that makes it seem like they're, you know, they're not accepted within the community. Totally. Yeah. And so I think that we, there's an opportunity there for mm -hmm. us um, to really kind of, <clears throat> flip that on its head and say, no, you know what? We're so sorry that you've been treated this way. And that's not what craft and independent beer is all about. And we respect you. And we, and, and I'm really kind of reticent to talk about this because I don't want people to start selling beer to women. I don't want people no, to start no. making beer for women because you already do. Yeah. And the selling of beer to women, even though it could probably work, there are four generations of women who are intrinsically afraid of having beer sold to them. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like we have an aversion to it because it's been done so badly. Um, and, but I think that we, we do have a lot of uh, opportunity here to um, kind of, you know, send a message to women that we see you, we respect you, and we accept you, and we want you. And then that, when the women see themselves reflected in the industry, then they will start yeah. sending us their resumes. And then we will know that we have made a difference when we start seeing the resumes come across our desk. Well, and I think, you know, I, I'd quickly to touch on um, the, the, you know, selling women, you know, selling beer to women. And, and you're right, I look at our tasting room, and it's definitely 50-50 men and women in here all the time and yeah. women are drinking big IPAs, Pilsners. I, we, so a year ago, um, well, I guess over a year ago, I was at the Crappers conference in Nashville and myself, um, and Kylo Hoy, who's one of the brewers at, at four winds. Um, we were at this party and I walked through the door late and Kylo said to me, he's like, you need to have this, this beer. Um, you don't need to have anything else. And he hided, he handed me, it was actually wasn't a beer. It was a, sorry, it was a cider. It was from Cidergeist. And it was this rosé cider. And I'm like, this is fucking awesome. I'm oh. like, I want to make a rosé beer for sure. And then, so I, I got back and um, told our head brewer, Eric, and he's like, yeah, we could do that. We could get some grape skins from, from the winery that's just a couple doors over from us. Um, we'll do it during harvest. We could can condition it. And I'm like, yeah, and I want this fucking thing to be rose gold. I just want it to be beautiful. And so we make in this beer and then um, it's pouring this, this beautiful pink. It's in this rose gold can. And then I start to have this panic attack. Um, I'm like, fuck. Are people going to think that Steel and Oak <laughs> is just trying to design a beer for women? And like the whole time we're designing this process, this, this beer and the, the, the design work. And all I can think about is um, my own selfishness <laughs> for wanting this rosé beer for me. And I want it in this fucking cool looking rose gold can. And then thinking, shit, people are going to, th are people going to think that th this impression. is what we're trying to do? And well, I'll tell you what, you, when you do something genuinely, it comes across. Uh, yeah, I hope so. Tell, yeah. Right? 
I've told you this, that I never tasted that beer, but it's one of my favorite beers that came out last year. It yeah. was executed so well. You ran it as a, a fundraiser with West Coast Canning. The design was beautiful. The concept was amazing. And, and the genuineness of that product came across in the marketing I of it. I appreciate that. So, and I think that's part of what the big guys don't get is that we genuinely don't care that we're not making any money. We <laughs> yeah. genuinely because we're not because <laughs> we're not because we really believe in this industry. Yeah. We really like beer, and we really like the people that we get to hang out with. And yeah. you know, and I think the genuineness of it is really part of our opportunity here. Uh, with women and, and also with the queer community. And the yeah. only reason that I really would target those two groups is that I think it's the low-hanging fruit. I think they have one toe in the water, and we just have to convince them that the pool is warm and they should come in, yeah. you know? And then we can we can focus on other uh, minority groups after that. But these people are definitely already coming to our tasting rooms, already coming to our festivals, but they're still not loyal to the industry in the way the bearded white guy is right yeah, cause like we, we keep because people keep putting fucking advertising advertisements out with half naked doing women shit on it, right? like that yeah. right yeah it, it you know i feel like we've done so much work and then all of a sudden it just puts it back two right? steps back yeah, yeah. totally totally uh, um chloe and so with all that like that you've been talking about here and like obviously this is all coming from how you uh, genuinely feel about about this uh, in in the industry and stuff and that i think you're on like i mean you're right on but do do you think that the BC craft beer scene is in a way, I know like we just talked about this unfortunate, you know, incident uh, this past weekend from a BC craft brewery, but do you think that from your experience, is the BC craft brewery ahead of the game in any way? Like I sort of think about a lot of the women that I know in this industry from head brewers to owners to um, uh, Vancouver craft beer week, uh, runners, um, do you see this in other parts of the craft beer, like around the country or around North America, or in, like how do you feel BC craft beer is in that area? Uh, in that area specifically, I don't think we're unique. I don't. Okay. Um, definitely, uh, the states is is doing the same, experiencing the same kind of customer base, um, and uh, and across the country, I think it's similar. I think that. We are very lucky in British Columbia that, A, we have very few duds in terms of bad beer. Mm -hmm. There are very few people making beer that I wouldn't spend my money on, which is incredible. Um, And I think that we have uh, a market that's really receptive to us. So we we are unique in in that way. Um, And and also the Ale Trail has given us a real leg up. I was very um, shocked when I was in Toronto that how many... When I found out the number of breweries that are in that city, and I had no idea, I couldn't find them. Yeah. I, could, I, I would have had to like research them um, if I wanted to to do an ale trail experience. Yeah. So that so that's been t- beer tourism has been very effective here in British Columbia, um, but I think that everybody is uh, at the same level in terms of diversity. I, yeah. I, I think so. Okay. Yeah, and I, I I feel pretty positive about it when I look in our tasting room. And what we've been able to achieve here is a community space, right? And a, totally. welcome, and a welcoming space. And I'll credit a lot of my team here is, has really pushed too and said, hey, Jordan, we need, to, can we, we need to put this sticker on the window so people know that they're welcome here and that's a safe space. And we nice. need to do these events, right? And, and you know, often when you're running a business, you want to do all these things, but you're so caught up in everything else that, that you know, it takes a good team. You do, right? right? And it's not intentional. And it, it takes a good team to remind you of like, the real important things, why we all started this, right? It's to have these community hubs that totally. didn't exist, exist before, right? Yeah. Um, so we're, uh, Kevin just gave me the old finger wag that we're um, running out of time. <laughs> Run so, over. Uh, yeah, which is funny because a podcast, you can do it for however long you want, but, uh, <laughs> but the tasting room is going to open soon, so we got to get out of here. Um, so I guess what I want to, um, uh, the two questions I want to leave you with is what's next for Townsite and what's next for Chloe Smith? Uh, next for Townsite is the beer garden. So we bought the back property uh, last year, which is just an overgrown forest. Uh, so it's going to be a real beer garden. Uh, we're not going to take very many trees out. We're building um, a bike parking kiosk, an end of trip facility. 
so there'll be a place to come and fill your water bottle and park your bike and you know fill a growler and and uh, have an ex- have an outdoor experience here which I'm really looking forward to it's going to be it's going to be a really uh, lovely addition to Powell River I think cool um, and for myself, I think in the next five years, I'm really going to focus on the guild stuff. I'm really excited about it. I'm passionate about it. It, it drives me. And, uh, yeah, that'll be, we'll see where that takes me. It doesn't come across at all in how you're talking about <laughs> I know. it. No, I, I, I know. I'm so dry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we had you on the show. I was like, oh, this will be an, e- this will be an easy one. I won't have to pull it all. So this is great. <laughs> uh, I want to say thank you to our guest today, Chloe Smith from Townsite Brewing. If you haven't been to Powell River, you need to head up there and check them out. This has been Beer Life with Jordan Foss. Jordan Foss.